The Louisville Cardinals are 6-0. and After taking down Notre Dame, it's safe to say that the expectations have changed for Jeff Brom's team for the rest of this season. We'll tell you why and more on today's episode of the Locked On, the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Joining me for his weekly appearance on the show, State of Louisville football analyst Grant Mulligan. Grant, what's going on, man? Feeling great. Every time I start the episode, I say it feels great to be 4-0. feels great to be 5-0. But I have to say, it feels even better to be 6-0 against Notre Dame. Immaculate right now. Absolutely fantastic. But I think the win in itself is phenomenal. Don't use me um, saying what I'm about to say as me taking away from the win itself. But I feel like the impact of the win is something we need to be talking about. Expectations have changed in terms of ceiling, in terms of win-loss projections. We'll discuss that in the opening segment. And then we'll break down the game in terms of X's and O's. The defense shined. Once again, Mason Rieger, best performance he's had as a Cardinal. Devin Neal, defensive back of the week in the ACC. Offensively, the team triumphed over Notre Dame. You thought Jawar Jordan was going to have two bad performances in a row? <laughs> Think again. Jack Plummer, pretty solid as well. Jamari Thrash, pretty solid. Joey Gatewood, a pretty surprising, um, a pretty surprising performance in the game against Notre Dame. We'll talk about it in the last segment. But Grant, I know there's something you want to show the people that are watching on YouTube. So go ahead and get it over with. <laughs> Flex. Look at that. TBT times the bill. TBT poster. Grant does a lot of work with the world TBT team. Respect. Big time ballers. Is it it signed? Yeah, it is by Peyton and Russ. Signed by the two of the – 2013 national champions. Yeah. I want to thank all the Ville fans who came out and made this event special. This one is near and dear to my heart. Got this awesome memorabilia piece. Hell yeah. I hope to see you all out there. Should it return for another year? When it returns. When it returns. We'll talk about it. But for now, it's time to talk about some football. Let's play football. Let's play football. As a wise man. basketball. Cardinals are 6-0, Grant. Um, I think everyone expected Louisville to win the first four games, or at least believe that they should have. They should have. The next four is where things got a little bit tricky. I think if you would have asked most people, I feel like the majority would have said that they don't feel good about Louisville beating Notre Dame, although they had some hope. There are some very optimistic Louisville fans that said, yeah, we're going to win no matter what. Um, But I feel like that Notre Dame game was going to be a real measuring stick as to, you know, how good this team was. And they won against Notre Dame. Um, had the most complete performance of any other team against them this season. So now that they're 6-0, and and at this point people were projecting Louisville to have at least one loss, but with the second half of the schedule the way it is, what were your expectations before the game, and now what have they changed to after the win? I think to start the season I had 
probably optimistic, overly optimistically high hopes. I don't know if optimistically might not be a word. I apologize to to the viewers. Most importantly, optimistically, if that yeah. was wrong, is that correct? Yeah. Don't worry, my 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 mother will tell me if it wasn't. Former English teacher, fan of the show, um, but she uh, wait. Anyways, back on topic. I I was very optimistic about the start of the season. I I could look at the schedule and I could see ten wins right off the bat, uh, and of course there's quite a few shakeup games. I was a believer that we were going to beat Notre Dame from the very beginning. I, that was just uh, the fan in me, probably more than the realist in me mm-hmm. from the very start of the season. But through the first five games, even through the first four games, I really started believing that, hey, this isn't just me being a fan. This is a real team. Like right. we're, we're real. We have legitimate players in the trenches, which is the, the makeup of, of the great teams have great mm-hmm. offensive lines, great defensive mm-hmm. lines, guys who can make you know, make things happen, get pushed in the trenches. And that is a hallmark of, of a team that can go a long distance. And I start to see big-time playmakers come to fruition. Jamari Thrash is the real deal as a number one receiving threat. That started – I'm looking around, Jawar Jordan. <coughs> he was a known commodity before. Now he's even better. I mean, I, he's even better. We have legit playmakers. We have players in the trenches. And so I saw that week one through four. Started having questions a little bit about Plummer, realistically. But it seems that we can win without him needing to carry the team, right? Um, and he that's how it happened here against Notre Dame. He was a very effective game manager. Didn't make the mistakes. And if that's the role that he plays in for the rest of the season, then I feel every bit that is entirely possible we go 12-0. I feel that 10 wins at this point is our floor. I think anything at this point in the season, anything less than 10 wins is, is a disappointment to the roaring hot start that we've that we've come with. Yeah. There's I mean, a couple of tough roads. There's a couple. There's, there's games that can't be slept on. And we can't fall asleep against Pitt. We cannot. Correct. We're, we're riding high off of a huge win, deservedly to, to be excited about for fans and players alike, but we cannot go into pit falling asleep. If we can come out of the pit game 7-0, and I would be extremely disappointed if we weren't able to finish with at minimum 10 wins. And I think I think 11-12 wins is, is not just being a fan at this point. It's not just Louisville fans getting hype about uh, a top 10 win should be getting hype about a top 10 win, but overblowing the rest of the season. You look at the schedule. You look at the guys who are left. Again, you can't fall asleep on any of them. ACC is always going to be a battle. But to say that any of these teams that we're going to face are more talented, handedly more talented, that on paper they should be able to beat us is simply not the case, in my opinion. Yeah, I I mean, they're lofty expectations. They are lofty expectations, but the segment is expectations have changed, and I firmly believe that as well. I think that an ACC championship bid is not just us being a fan at this point, right? This is within shooting distance. Like, we're within striking distance, within Brahms' first year, of a team made up of a ton of new pieces. It's awesome. It is an awesome time to be a Louisville fan. And, yes, the expectations have changed. And I yeah, 
I it, love it. They have changed. Um, you know, I felt like um, the Cardinals coming into the season were going to split the second portion of the schedule with NC State, Notre Dame, Duke, and Pittsburgh. I realistically thought that Louisville was going to split that, and at the very minimal, or the at the very minimum, spit or spit split the last. Um, Actually, I thought that they were going to win three out of the last four games. So I, I projected them to go nine and three, which is obviously very realistic. That win over Notre Dame, obviously to win 10 games, you have to win 10 and lose two. And as kind of dumb as I'm making that sound, I think people don't understand that when you look at the rest of the schedule, you look at the teams that are on it, the Cardinals obviously have to handle business. And if you lose to a team that you're not supposed to lose to, that's on you. And that could help you fall short of expectations. But the truth of the matter is you look at the next six games on the schedule. Realistically speaking, there is an avenue that Louisville is favored in all of them. Maybe outside of the exception of Miami on the road, depending on how the Hurricanes are. But, I mean, that's a team that just horrifically lost to Georgia Tech in quite um, quite notable fashion. But you start to look at this portion of the schedule. You're 6-0. and You look at the next six. There are three ACC teams that you should beat, hands down. You should beat Pittsburgh. You should beat Virginia Tech. You should beat Virginia. There's really no – I mean, could, could an upset happen? Of course it can. That's why you have to handle business. If you handle business against those three teams, you're looking at nine wins. And then you have three teams that are very well going to possibly be ranked. Duke, health of Riley Leonard is still up in the air. I still feel like he's going to play against Louisville, but he might not be 100%. Miami, who knows? Very talented team, but do they have the coaching and the chemistry? And then Kentucky at home, that feels like it's always going to be a wild card. We'll see. But if you win one out of those three, I mean, you're at double-digit wins. I think That's that the expectation win. for me, I think it's 10 wins. I really do. Um, That's not you know to say that – you know, I, there will be people that say, look, oh, you said that this could this team couldn't get to 10 wins in the offseason. No, I said that the expectation should not be automatically winning 10 games. I'm saying there's the opportunity to do so, but expecting it's differently. Now the expectations have changed, like you said, with the win over Notre Dame. So I think 10 wins is realistic with the opportunity to go higher. I see this Louisville team get compared more and more to 2023 or 2022 TCU. We will see. But – um, we're going to put that conversation off to the side for a second. I want to continue to break down this performance. We're going to start on the defensive side of the ball to where the Cardinals did something that not many teams have been able to do this year. That is stop Notre Dame from running the football effectively. We'll discuss that. And obviously they made life pretty tough for Sam Hartman on Saturdays. Well, we'll talk about that here in just a second. After we talk about our friends over at athletic brewing, the defense, in my opinion, was the, <coughs> the game changer for the Louisville Cardinals in this matchup against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. There's over 50 styles of craft from IPAs, Golden, Sours, you name it. My favorite personally is Oktoberfest, and there's no better time to, to get that right now on October 9th. The non-alcoholic beers are fit for all times, whether you're watching a big game, tackling work, working out, whatever it may be. There's no hangovers that get involved. 
You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use the code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. At check off for fifteen or at check out for fifteen percent off at at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Hey Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Locked On continues to kick up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live each Friday. Locked On will go live from eleven a.m. Eastern time. On every Locked On College YouTube channel, College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games while going in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to stay tuned. Grant Mulligan, good friend of the show, state of Louisville football analyst is on for his weekly appearance. Grant, the defense did something that the Cardinals haven't, or I'm sorry, that no other opposition has been able to do through the first five games for Notre Dame this year. That was defending the run. Louisville held Notre Dame to just around 50 yards rushing. Audric Estime averaged a mere two yards per carry. Talk about the Louisville's overall defensive impact, I guess not only from a rushing standpoint, but just completely making life tough for the Notre Dame offense. The first thing I want to point out from the defensive effort was how prepared they seemed because it wasn't just an individual effort of talent or or a matter of us being the better overall, more talented team. And while this defensive front does deserve a lot of credit for their talent and for being able to win their one-on-one matchups, this is just a front seven that looked prepared for the looks that they were getting. I mean, we, I got to give TJ Quinn a lot of credit and he had a fantastic game against Notre Dame, but he was excellent in his diagnosis and this, he muddied the water. Even if he wasn't the one who was making the tackle, he seemed to always be in great position to make the tackle or to clog the gap or clog the hole. Mm -hmm. I think it was an excellent defensive game plan by Ron English, but the linebackers, just as much as the defensive line were excellent. Also, defensive backs getting in the mix. Guy that we talked about last week, Cam Kelly, was mixing it in against the run. Saw him with a nice tackle for loss. Excellent reads, <clears throat> breaking up, getting in, mixing in with a with run support. It was a defense that had clearly studied up on their opponent. They knew what kind of looks they were going to get because as soon as Estime was was getting the ball, defenders were flying to the spot. They were running his his lane for him. I mean, it was it was a really inspired performance to me. It was a whole team effort and clamping down on the run. Uh, it was clear that they knew who the biggest threat on the team was to stop. I mean, one of the things that we talked about coming in, or one of the things that was talked about coming in with Notre Dame, was that they weren't the biggest threat as a receiver with receivers on the outside or their outside receiving game. So it was very clear that the defensive game plan needed to revolve around stopping the run and forcing him to go outside or forcing him to go to the receivers. And they, they stood up and they made excellent reads, clogged the gaps, really great, intelligent performance across the board, linebackers, defensive line, defensive backs, really, really intelligent game. Excellent call by Ron English. One of the best defensive performances I've seen as a Louisville fan in quite some time. Yeah, that was extremely cohesive. One individual performance, um, what we talked about, Devin Neal 
on past shows as well. He was the ACC defensive back of the week, had two interceptions. The big individual star for this one for me, Mason Rieger, um, former walk-on and had his biggest performance as a Cardinal thus far. And it was electric. He had two sacks on the evening. One of them was against Joe Alt, projected top 10 pick, hadn't allowed a sack in over 500 snaps. For the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, he also forced a fumble, had two tackles for loss, four overall tackles. I mean, we talk about Ashton Gelati as we should. We talk about Stephen Heron as we should. Mason Rieger said, hold on, talk about me a little bit. Deserved. And the the exact stat, I'm, I'm reading it right now. Joe Alt, 585 consecutive pass block snaps and two full years without giving up a single snap and got bull rushed into the backfield by Mason Rieger. And that's no slight to Joe Alt. He's a fantastic player. He's going to get drafted probably in the top 10 of this year's upcoming draft and deservedly so. But that is a tremendous effort by a guy who had to overcome a lot to, to get a scholarship on this team who had to have tremendous work ethic. And that's what we saw. It wasn't just a, an overcoming of physical tools because Joe Alt being a six six guy with tremendous length and clearly a lot of intelligence, a lot of ability. That was just straight heart, straight work ethic by Mason. Really, really great rush. He was playing like his hair was on fire all day figuratively. He was instrumental in this game, both in disrupting against the run and making huge plays against the pass. Congrats to that young man. I'm very happy for him seeing a guy like that making huge plays for this defense. Earned his role 100% against a really, really good player. So respect to Joe Alt, but man, great game by Mason. It definitely was. I, I feel, I mean, I don't feel bad for calling out individual performances and praising them, but. Make no mistake about it, this defense has had complete performances over the past two weeks. You can chalk up the NC State game as saying, well, that team just was not doing well offensively at all. You really can't say that for Notre Dame. Um, granted, some Irish fans aren't happy with the offensive coordinator and the play calling. Um it is what it is. Um, I, I've seen more backtracking, Darrell Rivas backpedaling after that game as to how anywhere from, oh, it was midterms. Midterms. That, it was midterms. Midterms. It was harps. It was, um, what else? It was. Um, Dalton, didn't you know that Notre Dame is the only school to ever have midterms? Did you know that? Because no, uh, no other school in the country in my three years of college did not have a single midterm. Never. I've never had a, Obviously never had lying. A I had midterms every single semester. And what, what are we doing here? Are, are we, we seriously, is this the hill that we're going to stand on? Um, you know, take the loss and move on. Because if it was the other way around and Notre Dame won the game, you know the tone that would be put forth. But it is what it is. One team is 6-0 and and the other team is – not so um i don't care about the history between the two programs who's got the better history all i'm just living in 2023 baby that's where i'm at so um i, I do now want to talk about the offset off offensive side of the ball it doesn't get talked about a lot in terms of this game outside of the performance of Jawar jordan but i still feel like the cardinals had a pretty solid 
game. They did something that no other opposition has been able to do against Notre Dame. That is put up over 30 points. We're going to talk about that here momentarily as we talk about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Kicking off the final segment of the show with my good friend, weekly co-host, football uh, analyst for the state of Louisville.com, Grant Mulligan. We just talked about the defensive side of the game for the Louisville Cardinals. Offensively, hey, Cards offense did something that no other team has been able to do against Notre Dame this season. That score over 30 points. The closest was NC State. They scored 24. Louisville scored 33 points, and it felt like they left some points on the board as well. They had the missed field goal in the first half, had some um, you know costly mistakes, but for the most part, pretty solid, beginning with the season high in rushing yards for Jawar Jordan. People thought he was not going to have, or people thought he was going to have a second consecutive bad game. Man, come on, man. Put some respect nope. on Jawar Jordan's name. Absolutely. Jawar, undoubtedly the offensive MVP and of individual performances, but man, did the offensive line come to play, both in pass protection and in run blocking. I think that is one of the most complete offensive line games that we have seen so far against a stout opponent. That's considering strength of opponent, of course, mm-hmm. because they've pushed around some of the, the lesser talented front sevens that we've played so far. But these were legit guys. I mean, they're playing against four-star, yeah. high four-star guys and guys that have played a lot of snaps, and it, it was a formidable opponent, undoubtedly the most formidable opponent that they've played, and they were creating excellent gaps. They were keeping Jack clean. This game, in terms of offense and in terms of efficiency, reminded me a lot of watching a 49ers game. In terms of it wasn't about it, it wasn't about necessarily the huge downfield shot plays. It was about staying on schedule. It was about moving the ball efficiently, getting the ball where it needs to go, and making as few mistakes as possible. I'm not saying this is a Shanahan offense. I'm not saying the play designs are the same. So don't mistake me for saying that it's just a a Kyle Shanahan playbook. I'm strictly talking about how this offense was run, the efficient nature at which it went, and and the overall product on the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a lot of differentiation in their passing attack. They featured a lot of different pieces. The only guy who had more than one catch was, of course, the man himself, Jamari Thrash, deservedly. Even though he had that, I was that told he wasn't going to have a good game. I was told the same, but I don't know, man. I, he seems to continue to produce. But they were spreading it around. They were getting the ball to where it needed to go on time, on target. Sure, Jack didn't light up the scoreboard, 
but he also played relatively mistake-free football. He wasn't putting the ball in jeopardy. He was going to his spots. He was avoiding pressure. I thought it was a really calm, level-headed, really good mental game for him. He kept the offense on track, on schedule, even whenever it was more difficult in the first half. And of course, whenever you're able to move the ball efficiently like that, the defense is going to have to respect both the run and the pass, which opened up huge running lanes for Jaws Jordan, which is ultimately what led to this is because they could attack Notre Dame through the air or on the ground. So they had to respect both. They couldn't just load the box against us and take Jawar away. So I think excellent offensive game plan, a lot of good differentiation and load. Great execution. Great, great execution. Really, really well done by offense players across the board. Relatively mistake-free football. Jamari got got to tuck that thing, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing, you know, in hindsight. I also yeah. feel like even though there were six penalties, they weren't like big-time penalties. They Six for 35. Notre Dame had three for 35. Um for the most part, I mean, this was a pretty solid game. I feel like there's a lot of truth to that San Francisco approach because a lot of times I feel like Brock Purdy doesn't like light the stat sheet on fire, but he does what he needs to do. He's a really good facilitator. Yeah, I mean, Jack Plummer, I was impressed with his performance. I mean, he was efficient. He was accurate. Didn't make um, really many mistakes. He was 17-24. and 24. Some of those were drops. On the receiver, so he could have had more yards. I mean, 145 yards is what it is, but Louisville really, really committed to running the football, which they're going to do for the rest of the year. Joar Jordan had 21 carries. He ran for a season-high 143 yards and had two touchdowns. Isaac Garendo had eight carries for 27 yards. They tried a couple end-arounds, had a great one to Amari Huggins-Bruce. Joar Jordan's performance impressed me so much, I went and watched all three Jaws in a row on Saturday night leading into Sunday morning. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting here, um, you know, absolutely impressed overall. I mean, this feels like, to date, the most complete performance, um, you know, from both an offensive and defensive standpoint. I, I don't look at one thing and say that there is a glaring hole from this performance. I feel like, the offense bounced back in a big way. The defense continued to show that, hey, this is not just us taking advantage of a of a bad offense at the time. We are good. So um, I'm interested to see how that moves forward. Now you go into a game against Pittsburgh that is trying to find their identity with a new quarterback um, and a, a fairly inexperienced defense. So um, obviously we'll break down that performance as the game gets closer. I, I do want to let you all know, um, I will be out of town beginning tomorrow morning on Tuesday and won't get back until Thursday evening. So a lot of the coverage for the matchup will be probably Thursday evening onwards. So be sure to look for episodes Thursday evening, Friday evening, Saturday morning heading into the contest. So I apologize for the scheduling issues, but hey, when work calls, it is what it is. But um, wanted to get on an episode with my guy Grant Mulligan before I went out of town. Um and we will obviously talk about the Pittsburgh uh, result after the game, but hopefully by that time. Actually, you're going to be out of town next week, so be, never mind. We're not going to talk about it. Blame Grant Mulligan, but regardless, appreciate him for, for coming on to oh, the man. show tonight. Um, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here.
somewhat soon. Go Cards.